5-4-3-2-1. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, scoping the world for direct mail and direct marketing every day. Okay, so let's get off with a bang. Uh, this is a, a commercial, recent commercial by White Claw, which I'm going to use as an introduction. And here we go. I've been live for an hour and 49 minutes. Anyway, they see the storm coming. Some people see the storm coming. Some people don't. Growing up as a sailor, we used to see them. You know, they're 50,000 feet tall. 10 miles tall. You can see them coming. There are those that see the storm. And those that see the perfect wave. And that's kind of a metaphor for life. Okay, but what I really wanted to show you was the White Claw billboard in London, which I think is kind of funny. Okay, White Claw pool pad. <laughs> they call it a pool pad. The White Claw pool pad mural invites sweaty Londoners to chill. So what they've done is they built, they built a billboard that's chilled. I got to believe there's going to be huge amounts of condensation on that bugger. Um, so I don't know, it, you know, you just be, <laughs> I don't know if it works or not. I tried to find a video of it and I couldn't find one. And so, uh, well, who knows? Let's see. Anyway, um, I'm getting funny messages. So if you're out there and you can hear me, that would be great if you could comment. Um, you know, I, I, I show a live button for an hour and 51 minutes, but I just turned it on. And it didn't seem to be going when I got here. I don't know. There's a new version. There's always new versions. And they make you crazy, right? But anyway, I don't know if you're seeing that in the in the picture. It says for me to check my settings. Um, but, you know, when I check in later, there's no settings. So anyway, you can smush yourself up against this billboard and cool off. And uh, it sounds pretty gross to me, but that's... White, what White Claw is doing in the UK because it's they're having a heat wave right now, uh, not to be confused with global warming. <laughs> but anyway, okay. Also, there's a there's a privacy bill that you know the a draft was released on Tuesday, and uh, thank you Wendy Davis. Um, it basically says that the uh, that that companies bipartisan support. It effectively prohibits companies from serving ads to people based on their web browsing activity, which seems to me not only like reasonable privacy, but also seems to me that it's not a very good way to target. <laughs> you know, I'm all over the place. I have three different web browsers, uh, Opera, Firefox, and Chrome, and I use the center on my other computers on my Linux computers so I have four different browsers at any given time I probably have a private browser open and a public browser in each one so that means I have six tabs six at least and each of those tabs might have 20 open windows so which of those are active which of those aren't what am I really looking at what am I not 
you know, browser activity to me is of my own self is insane. I'd love to see what they thought of me and maybe it, they've made sense of it, but I can't make sense of it. So, you know, anyway, but it, but the latest iteration prohibits companies from collecting or processing sensitive data, including information about per, people's private about online browse, uh, browsing behavior for ad purposes, which is a big deal. Okay, the measure says sensitive data includes information identifying an individual's online activities over time across third-party websites or online services. Um, and all the major ad organizations denounced it. Uh, they said this is this is almost scary because it tells you if this is the lifeblood of advertising, maybe it's too much of a blood-sucking industry. <coughs> I did do consulting for the Blood Center in Kansas City one time, so. Maybe I am a blood-sucking consultant. But anyway, data is the lifeblood of the consumer economy, allowing small and main street businesses, yeah, right, to compete with the largest companies in the world. Yeah, the way we compete is that we put an ad just in our own local community, and we don't care too much about de demographics because it's a small-town business, right? I mean, that's ridiculous, that we need browser history to compete at the local level. Main street businesses do not need browser history. Right? No. <laughs> it's horrendously false. Okay? False. Uh, I don't know who that's a quote from. Let's see if I can figure it out. Doesn't say who that's who said it. It's also quoted: "The bill will stifle the the data-driven economy." Like that's a bad thing. Prohibiting the collection use of basic demographic and online activity data. It doesn't prohibit the use of basic demographics because that comes out of the census long form. And you can use it based on, you can, you can use carrier route, you can use census track, you can use all that data. <clears throat> the online data for efficient, responsible advertising. False. Also ask yourself, how often have I actually seen something I'm interested in? If it's so great, why doesn't it work? right the only thing that actually works is when i go look at something on amazon and the next minute i'm targeted by it on another ad platform somewhere else except that i didn't buy it on amazon i already bought it on ebay because <clears throat> i don't like amazon and now that's cured me from even browsing in public windows so you know, you're, 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 you're talking to my private browser and my private browser gets reset every couple days. So you're, lo you lost me again. Too bad. Anyway, you, you know, I think the advertising industry has no idea how much we hate the advertising industry. You know, I wear two hats. One hat is I can help you. I can help you make money. I can help you do it in an honest, honorable way. The truth well told, as Leo Burnett used to have as their slogan, the truth well told is, you know, Marketing can do a great service when you've got a, when you've got a new product and you want to bring it to market. But this endless spying is hated. It's hated more than junk mail ever was. Uh, and maybe that's David LeDuc. We'll, we'll tag him. David LeDuc, vice president of the industry, self-regulated privacy. No, this is a privacy guy. No, he's not the guy we're quoting. Okay, I don't know who got quoted. Wendy, I will... Reach out to you and see if you can tell me. Uh, Wendy does a great job there over at Digital News Daily. Um, anyway, let's go on. 
Okay, so I've been wanting to get to this scratch and sniff article. If you see the titles of my of my talks, you'll see that I've had it in the queue since Friday of last week. So this is from Ashley Roberts. Uh, I've never actually produced a scratch and sniff, I have to say. Um, I have produced some things that I think have, uh, have what would I call it? I think the smell contributed to the effect. You know, we did a 600,000-piece catalog paper test long ago, and we were running on standard offset. Um, but we switched to rotogravure because it was a, a long run, 6 million, 6 million print run. And so we did the interior signatures with roto. If you're a printer, you'll get all this. If you're not a printer, you'll understand why. If you want help with your mailing, you might want to get somebody who knows something about something. But anyway, we were switching to Roto, which actually throws uh, a lot more ink onto the paper. And, and that's why your flyers uh, in your Sunday circulars, you know, those, it's called freestanding inserts, FSIs that are inserted into the Sunday paper, mostly Sunday paper, or the sale pieces that come in your mailbox. Those are printed in long, long runs and have a, they have a slickness, but it's from the ink, not from the paper. It's not coated paper. It's, it's the ink coating the paper. And so their ink coverage is actually more than 100%. So we thought, well, let's test some groundwood. Let's test this. Let's test more like newsprint. And I think that there's a sub, there's a subliminal uh, cue in your head that says that this is a sale piece. You know, uh, the Father's the Sunday before Th Father's Day always has lots and lots of stuff that's fun to look at. And so I will, you know, that's when I really look at the at the at the flyers that come. Um, but I think that there's a it, it has a message that says this is a a deal this is a low price, and there's a smell to it also. The groundwood has a more a more pungent smell than regular offset coated stock, especially. So that would be my that's all my conjecture. Whatever whatever the answer, the test came in that the the groundwood did 20% better. We were hoping to just save some money, do cheaper paper and save some money. That's something to keep in mind. You know, I'm not saying go to cheaper paper, but if you're trying to save money with the new postage increase, etc., and the paper shortage, you might want to be more more flexible in paper. And you know, if you can only get a little bit of your what you're used to, test with some other stuff. Excellent idea right now. Anyway, so December of 2021, a friend of mine messaged and said, "Did you see the latest National Geographic?" What they'd have done, this is fascinating. What they'd done is they'd, 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 they'd somehow acquired the DNA of a, an extinct flowering plant. And this is a plant that grew on the sides of uh, lava flows in Hawaii, the only place on earth it grew. And the cattle industry came out to Hawaii and the cattle grazed it out of existence. And... Um, but they found the DNA somehow. They couldn't recreate the plant, but they could they could recreate the scent of the flower, um, sort of an orchid-looking flower. I mean, they said they did. <laughs> How could we know? Not only did they recreate the scent, but they manufactured the scent, <laughs> which is probably like at least two steps away from the actual flower itself. If you've ever smelled, you know, scratch and sniff roses or something, they don't necessarily smell like, you know, the rose that you just plucked from your from your rose garden. But anyway, that all aside, 
Uh, and it was only the second time that National Geographic had used Scratch and Sniff in their publication, which uh, it actually was back in 1965 when it debuted. It's been around forever. Okay, and and uh, and Ashley, you know, comes up with then a couple other applications she's seen. One was Broken Top Brands, which sounds like a, a cand- candle discounter. And they, in the order box, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, you can usually for no extra charge except the price of the, the, the piece, which is pennies, uh, they, put, they put some new scents that you didn't buy, or whether you did or you didn't. They put them into the box to give you an opportunity to sample the scents of a candle, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, how can you, how can you really tell? Uh, and here's a picture of the card. Excellent article that it gives the picture. You scratch here, you get a citrus herb tonic, and or you get an oak moss fig, which sounds hard for me to envision, and it's hard to envision smells in the first place. Okay, so and and some candles I love. We we get these these uh, pine pine needle scent uh, candles from Minnesota, and they're just spectacular. Like absolutely, like like. Uh, you know, a freshly broken branch from a pine tree and or um, those, you know, almost any candle has a vanilla undertone. And oh, just just hate that. Um, but and then um, it turns out that Yankee Candle has in the past distributed sna- scratch and sniff catalogs. Um, so then she thinks she, she uh, Ashley says, well, why doesn't a local pizza shop send out direct mail with, with scratch and sniff? And uh, that you should reach out to your local print service provider. So I reached out to one of my WDMA members, Mary England at Amazon Graphics in St. Paul, and they do a lot of scratch and sniff. But she said they've had real problem. They, they've done a lot of scents. They've worked with perfume companies and done mailers that were scented. Um, there, there are some technical challenges with it, Mary said, um, that you need certain papers uh, you need certain coatings. They are still capable, I believe, of doing scratch and sniff, but that's like the only version. She said there's four or five different ways to do it. And um, there's one main supplier in the nation of this, of the variety of scratch and sniff. And because they're the biggest, they basically have gotten all the, uh, all of the short supply uh, requirements. So, Happy, you can be happy to call your print service provider, but I have to say it's it's probably more complicated than the uh, than Ashley realizes. So I would say call Mary England at Amazon Graphics if you want to talk scratch and sniff. I don't remember the other name of the company, but I'm sure she'll happily give it to you if she can't do it because that's the way Amazon Graphics is in the nice people city of St. Paul, Minnesota. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.